Y'all remember when we were kids? And, ah, what? <laughs> A little bit of uh, Portugal, the man coming in. All right, this is Jake coming at you live from a undisclosed location. Basically, a little trashy trailer in the middle of the desert uh, where it's starting to get a little hot outside. Uh, yeah, that's Portugal, the man. I don't know the name of the track. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, yeah, it's what, what Me Worry by Portugal the Man. Anyways, there's a big uproar going on. And we touched on it yesterday about the uh, Ministry of uh, Disinformation that's coming. And, um, well, first off, let's start with this. I was, I, was, I was scrolling through Twitter this morning, and I saw a lot of people commenting that, like, what's going on with Twitter? Something's changed. A bunch of conservative people on the right side of the aisle have been gaining followers like crazy and some leftists have been losing followers and everybody's like, okay, this is what I believe allegedly is going on. I believe Twitter has been censoring these right-wing accounts for a long time. Elon Musk is buying the company. They're rolling back some of these algorithms that they had that were creating inequalities in the information that was put out there. That's conspiracy. That's an allegation. It's, it's not founded on anything except for the results that we're seeing uh, that people are posting about. You know, I, nobody's come from Twitter and said that that's what they're doing, but something fishy is going on. So I did find this out, and, and it, it's, uh, it's and it, this is exactly what I saw, and this guy has been investigating a little bit. Conservative Twitter users have noticed a massive uptick in followers and engagement following Elon Musk's Twitter buy while leftists on the platform are experiencing the inverse, prompting some to wonder if the company is undoing evidence that it rigged the reach of people it deemed un to be undesirable. The trend is so extreme that it prompted Twitter to address it, claiming that this is all organic. They claim it's all natural, you know, that it's all organic, owing to new accounts being created and existing accounts being deactivated. We've been looking into recent fluctuations in follower accounts. While we continue to take action on accounts that violate our spam policy, which can affect follower accounts, these fluctuations appear to largely have been a result of an increase in new account creation and deactivation. Um, I think bullshit. I think bullshit. I think they're just covering their ass. So Ben Collins, I'm not too sure who he is. And he's posting about this on his Twitter. He says, some Twitter users have noticed massive follower drop-offs yesterday. Twitter just confirmed to NBC News that this activity was organic, not automated. In short, the same day Elon Musk bought Twitter, a lot of people deactivated their accounts. That's what they're claiming. But if you go down here and listen, let's see, let's see. On the day Elon Musk announced his Twitter takeover, now, I don't know if this is true, because it's just Ben Collins talking, but it's just a tweet. You know, a lot of times these conspiracy-type situations or these early-on stories, it's a little hard to, um, uh, uh, um, because we're, we're sniffing around stuff before it's actually legitimized, it, it's actually finalized, but it's breaking. It's breaking to some aspect um, where people are tweeting about it, and so we're kind of just keeping an eye on it. So I don't know if this is factual or not, but... In this tweet from Ben Collins, he says, on the day Elon Musk announced his Twitter takeover, 200,000 Katy Perry, Katy Perry followers deactivated. That seems pretty high to me. Uh, 
Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene gained 90,000 followers. Uh, Twitter confirmed to NBC News it wasn't bots, just apolitical users fled and right-wing users joined. Uh, that's a lot of movement right there. That's a lot of movement. Um, also, let's see, what do we have here? Uh, Donald Trump Jr., he's noticed it. While I'm awesome and totally deserving of 87,000 new followers a day, it seems that someone took the shackles off my account. Wonder if they're burning the evidence before the new management comes in. And I'm kind of I'm kind of with Donald Trump Jr. there. I think that's exactly what's going on. Uh, Buck Sexton. Remember when Twitter, one of the biggest social media companies in the world, spent years shadow banning conservatives and gaslit everyone by pretending they didn't? Crazy world back then, a few days ago. <laughs> uh, Dana Losich, Losich, noticing an increase in followers and engagement after losing huge chunks or static follower count for weeks on end for the past few years. Also seeing tweets from people I whose accounts I never seen and, and I'm not having to refollow other conservatives repeatedly. Barry Rubin says plus minus Twitter followers since the Elon Twitter announcement. AOC. Okay, here we go. This really, this is really cool right here because he actually went and did a little research. So AOC, oh, damn it. I clicked on it. Hang on, hang on. It's loading. It's loading. AOC is down 27,641 followers. Maddow is down 18,648 followers. Steven at home is down 21,460 followers. All of these are kind of left-leaning people. And then you have Matt Gates. Uh, he's a Florida man, firebrand, American first happy. Well, he must be conservative. Anyways, Matt Gates is up 24,000 followers. Uh, Dinesh DeSouza is up 41,945 followers. And... Oh, yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene is up 41,000 followers. So what is changing? They say it's natural, but why is it naturally happening that leftists are losing followers and right-wing people are gaining followers? Um, how can that just be natural occurrence? Now, they want to say that it's because a lot of leftists are leaving Twitter and a lot of right-wing people are joining Twitter. I don't see that Elon Musk has that much pull with um radical right-wing people. I mean, Elon Musk is pretty much uh, a moderate, a moderate. In fact, he posted something. I wonder if I can find that real quick. He posted something today, and it was basically on the, the same lines as Jordan Peterson uh, regarding, no, not Jordan Peterson, but um, um, Bill Maher, where Bill Maher was saying that, you know, he's always been uh, liberal, but the liberal line has changed so much that liberals are now looking at him and, 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 and blaming him as being conservative when he hasn't changed. It's just that the line has changed and Elon Musk actually put something up that was kind of a graphic displaying that same sentiment. And let me see, Elon Musk. Well, I'm getting there. I got to pull it up. He just tweeted it not too long ago. Um, okay. Yeah. And it was this graphic right here. Let's see if I can blow it up full screen for those of you watching on uh, YouTube. And it's just basically showing him, Elon Musk right here, not moving, but the center line changing. He says in 2008, he had his fellow liberals on the left, conservatives on the right, and he was a little left of center. In 2012, he was more towards the center, and his leftist friends were running out the left side and conservatives were on the right. And then in 2021, all of a sudden, the center line blows past him, and now he's right of center. And that's kind of the same sentiment that Bill Maher has said of what's been going on in our, in our situation. And he's never changed. And it's just the left is just getting 
really, really far out there. And um, so you can see that graphic if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, another thing, if you're watching the show, listening to the show, uh, remember, you can always watch it on YouTube, YouTube slash Radio Underland. If you're listening to the show, the best thing that you can help us do uh, by promoting this show is just leave a comment in the comments of whatever app you're listening on, whether it's iHeartRadio, um, Podbean, Apple Pocket. I'm not going to go through the whole list. You know what it, you know what it is. So, anyways, that's about uh, the changes that are happening over at Twitter. And um, let me get to my next one. Okay, so uh, we were talking yesterday. We 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 touched on it briefly about this new disinformation organization that's uh, falling underneath the uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security. And there's lots of questions going on about the legalities of it, et cetera. Um, Steven Crowder uh, posted something about it resembling Nazi Germany, uh, which I kind of agree. But here's DeSantis speaking out about it. Of course, he's got something to say about the disinformation uh, committee. And we're going to go and we're going to we're going to look into a little bit of who the girl is that's being put in charge of this. But anyways, here's a quick a little clip of DeSantis talking about it. As if they don't have enough issues to deal with, they now have an idea, and I honestly thought this was just a belated April Fool's joke, but they are actually going to create in the Department of Homeland Security a Bureau of Disinformation. It's basically a ministry of truth. And what they want to do is they want to be able to put out false narratives without people being able to speak out and fight back. They want to be able to say things like Russia collusion and, and perpetuate hoaxes and then have people like us be silenced. They want to be able to advocate for COVID lockdowns. They want to be able to advocate for school closures, things that are not supported by the evidence, but then when you speak out, uh, they want to stifle dissent. And so we reject this bureau in the state of Florida. <laughs> And I think they're going to get a lot of rejection from a lot of different places. Uh, uh, there's already, uh, you know, the right side of the aisle, the the Republicans are going to start passing some something to defund this. But the question is, is who is the person that they're putting in charge? OK, so the person they're char putting in charge is a uh, Nina Jankowicz. Jankowicz. I guess I'm going to have to learn how to say her name. Nina Jankowicz. Jankowicz. That's what I'm going to say, Jankowicz. Anyways, here's a little bit of Nina. I got a couple of videos of her. Now, when you're talking about somebody rolling in, rolling in with such a controversial topic as free speech in a country that is based on free speech, America, they're going to make sure that if you're going to get somebody that's going to encroach on that, you're going to make sure that you pick somebody that is very, very level-headed, trustworthy. I mean, you shouldn't do it at all, but if you are going to appoint somebody, it's got to be the right person, right? Now, what blows my mind, what blows my mind on this is if I could find all these clips at the drop of the hat, what is the Biden administration doing to research these people that they're putting in something that is so controversial, right? You just don't want to blurt out a name that could have some issues. Well, here's Nina, uh, Nina Jankowicz. Jankowicz, yeah. Jankowicz, that's what I'm going with. I don't, I don't even know what the proper pronunciation is. But anyways, here she is, uh, some videos that we found of her. And this is the level-headed, rational person that we're putting in something that's probably going to be one of the most controversial agencies in American history because it's pretty much unconstitutional. But here she is. 
Uh, just tell me your thoughts on Miss Nina Jankowicz. Wandering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo when we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So yes, information's origin seems likely less atrocious. <laughs> Yeah, we're really going to let the theater geeks take over this country. Uh, well, Jake, that's just that's just one video. She was having a day. She's just being funny. She's being funny. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, here we go. Video two. Video two. You ready for it? Here's another one from her history. Let's get this up. Let's get this up. Here we go. Famous or powerful, Barbara Streisand has it all and I can do what she can do. So why is she rich, famous, and powerful? While I'm still stuck here singing Christmas songs for all of you. What does it take to be famous and powerful? Santa, if you're listening, please tell me what to do. Who do I fuck to be famous and powerful? I've done everything I can and now the rest is up to you. I tried being good, I tried being nice, I even tried pretending I was listening once or twice, but the really big stars, they made it without it, was Betty Davis pleasant, well I seriously doubt it, but she was rich, everyone adored her and the world was at her feet, but she was a bitch. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So we get it. She's a theater geek. She likes doing these little dramatic stories and readings and songs and all this other kind of stuff. Okay. We get it. Now, what I think is very interesting is when she was commenting about disinformation during the Trump regime, during the Trump era, she had some very key things to say about censorship, disinformation. And are these words going to come back to haunt her? Here we go. Check. Take a listen at this. Nina Jankowski. Nina Jackal. How about that? Imagine that, you know, with President Trump right now calling all of these news organizations that have uh, inconvenient for him stories that they that they're getting out there that he's calling fake news and now lashing out at platforms. I would never want to see our executive branch have that sort of power. Um, what? What did you say? I would never want to see our executive branch have that kind of power, but yet you are the one that's going to head this up. Hold on. Let's rewind that just a second. I would never want to see our executive branch have that sort of power. Um, and that's why, you know, the legislative process with our duly elected uh, officials is really important. That sort of consultative rulemaking process. Um, and we can't just govern by executive order anymore. I think I'll leave it there. Um, I <laughs> Well, you know, just leave your morals at the door, because if that's how you really feel, then the second that they come at you with the offer you this position, uh, then I think this person comes out, you know, where she's singing, uh, wanting, wanting power. Powerful, 
Powerful, famous or powerful? Famous or powerful, Barbara Streisand. I don't know. Check all your morals at the door. Um, she was against it when Trump was in office about an executive branch coming in and uh, dealing with communication. Now she is the leader of the Nazi disinformation. If you disagree with the government, we're going to shut you down. Still, a lot of details are gray about this. Like, what are they going to do? Um, yeah, what's going to happen? Are they going to be working with, you know, Facebook to uh, shadow ban people? Who knows? And I know, I know there's a lot of speculation that's going to come out about this. But that's the person that is behind all this. Now, yesterday, I led to a story. Oh, no, no. Let, yeah, first, let's do this. Because this is one of her tweets. Nina Jankowicz, Nina Jackal. Um, let's see. She says, getting a COVID test today after protesting last, week, last weekend. And a thing I did not know is I, okay, no, that is not the one that I wanted. Oh, here we go. She's the, okay, now she's going to be the one that's in charge of disinformation, right? Nina Jackal. Also, I've gotten comments about my use of pregnant people throughout the piece, as well as my call out of an internet built for and by cisgender white men, also known as the white devil. That's me uh, taking some narrative there. First, it was important to me to make sure this piece was inclusive. There are many non-binary people who give birth, pregnant people, not pregnant mothers. Uh, isn't that misinformation right there? Is she going to have to ban herself that, you know, uh, alluding to the fact that it's possible for a male to have a baby or somebody that it identifies as a male having a baby. We know what she's talking about, but still, I mean, that seems a little racy. I think we need to call the, the, the Nazi disinformation board and have her take down her own tweets. But you know, so that's kind of where her mindset is at. And man, she's going to be one of the most powerful people regarding free speech. If this whole thing uh, goes through. Uh, Jankowitz had previously supported the idea that the controversial laptop story that emerged in October 2020 regarding Hunter Biden could be part of a disinformation campaign carried out by Russia. Uh, no evidence was ever emerged to support that conclusion. During a presidential debate on October 22nd, 2020, the Jackal tweeted, back on the laptop from hell, apparently Biden notes 50 former NATSEC officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is a Russian influence op. Trump says Russia, Russia, Russia. So she was all about this being a, a Russian influence with the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, that would have been disinformation. Call up the Nazis. Call in the Nazis! And take down her own uh, statements about that. I don't know, man. It seems like this is an oddball character to be putting in charge of something so... So important to our freedom. Um, you know, uh, Elon Musk, he said something about it. Uh, where's it at? I already passed it. Basically, basically, he was just responding to Stephen Crowder on Twitter. Uh, Stephen Crowder yesterday, he said, the government is creating a misinformation governance board. Who else did something like that? Oh, I remember the Nazis. And there's some data showing some interesting things going on post Elon Musk Twitter takeover. Uh, I'm assuming Stephen Crowder was referring to the numbers and the followers and the whole lifting of the right regulation on uh, Twitter that we were talking about earlier. And Elon Musk simply responded, discomforting, discomforting. Yeah. Yeah, it is discomforting. It sure is discomforting. Uh, DeSantis. Let's see. We already played the clip of him speaking out about it. 
Uh, but also in this article, it says the same party that spent years promoting the Russia collusion hoax suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story and equated parents to terrorists believe it has credibility to control your speech. Those are those are fire words right there. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy tweeted on Friday, Biden must immediately abandon his plan to create an Orwellian Ministry of Truth. Many conservatives also criticized the timing of the creation of the board. The move was announced just days after Tesla CEO Elon Musk agreed to buy Twitter after publicly stating on multiple occasions he intends to implement an approach focused on freedom of speech. Now, you know, everybody thinks that Twitter is going to go apeshit crazy. Um, I saw Elon talking about this and he says, he says, it's not going to be a free for all. He, he intends, I wish I had it in front of me, but I didn't grab it. Elon Musk was saying is what he intends to do with Twitter is just to abide by the laws that are in place by our government regarding free speech. He said that the laws that are put in place by our government regarding free speech are approved by the people, uh, Americans, according to him. And if the laws change, he will abide by that. But he's just going to implement it as the law states what what our elected officials have deemed is appropriate for free speech and abide by those laws. So it's not going to be a complete free for all uh, by any means. Now, Elizabeth Warren, she's having a problem with it. Elizabeth Warren tweeted out one billionaire whose estimated net worth has gotten about 10 times larger since the start of the pandemic is about to have the power to decide how millions of people can communicate with each other. It's dangerous for our democracy to have so much power in so few hands. Yeah, And, and I just don't get that. I mean, it, Musk is coming in there and he's implementing for not unfettered free speech, but free speech according to the laws of the United States. I don't understand why the left is so freaked out about there being free speech that should tell you something that should tell you something about the mindset of the left the big freak out right now is because they're losing everybody knows that twitter's been shadow banning people facebook shadow bans people i mean hell we had a podcast we had a podcast that would live stream on facebook and when we first started we were one of the early adopters of live streaming on facebook and the reach was good when we first started and immediately not immediately but about a year into it you could just tell that 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 the reach that we were being shadow banned and 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 we're small potatoes. We're small potatoes, but we are definitely shadow banned. And the reach, the way that Facebook set the algorithms, it was just not getting the reach that it used to have. And you know, all these organizations do it. Twitter does it. Facebook does it. Allegedly, I'm just you know speaking out of turn, but the proof is in the pudding, and it sure is uh, interesting that all these conservative people on Twitter right now, as we speak are gaining tons of followers and they are getting the reach back of their tweets. Um, unfettered, unfettered in the words of, uh, unshackled in the words of Donald Trump jr. Um, what else do we have here? Okay. You know, this is a story that I talked about yesterday and I never got to it. And the question was, how much would you take to be infused with dysentery? Well, first let me explain. Let me talk a little bit about this. Jake Eberts. Who, who voluntarily was infected with dysentery. Uh, so here he is. Here's his first tweet where he's taking the uh, juices. Here's a delightful, unflattering selfie while taking the buffer solution two minutes before the actual Shigella solution. Both tasted like Celine. Didn't try to do a video for the later solution because I was not trying to drop biohazard juice on the floor. 
Uh, anyways, this guy goes on to talk about, as you probably can guess, Mish Shigella whooped my butt today, soiled my, myself twice, insane high blood pressure. After my fever climbed to nearly 103, they started me on an IV and antibiotics. Small battalion of nurses helped me pull through. I was the first case of true dysentery. And then he says down here, as opposed to just diarrhea, blood in the stool makes it dysentery. Anyways, that was the most brutally sick I have ever been, and I wanted to die for a solid six hours. I cannot imagine how terrifying this disease is for a small child. Then he goes on down here to say, and uh, I'm not totally recovered yet. The antibiotics helped tremendously, and my fever is gone, but I'm still producing a French onion soup from hell every time I go to the bathroom. I'll spell you. I'll spare you all an image. Hopefully, the metaphor suffices. Then he says, "I have pooped by my count at least eight times today and eleven times yesterday. Every time we have to bring the little handmaid's tail bonnet to a dedicated room where the nurses analyze it in part to calculate how much oral rehydration salt solution we have to drink." So, anyways, this guy's just going through misery. And he says here, and again, I cannot even fathom how terrifying this must be for a child or a parent of a child in the global South without access to adequate medical care. Not to be corny, but I get teary thinking about it. Such a wretched disease. Uh, then he says here, final tweet to that end. After some research, I started this little fundraiser with the Water Project, which builds sanitation infrastructure in Africa. Uh, and he's promoting that to get clean drinking water. So anyways, the question is, the question is, and I believe this, he went through this for like six days. Six days of hell in a hospital. He he went on to talk about how he passed out on the bathroom floor. He had it was a Herculean effort to do anything. So this is just absolute one hundred percent sure misery. The question I have for you is, how much would you have to get paid to do this? Some of you were saying never. Some of you were saying a million dollars. Some of you just say, this guy went through this kind of hell, this kind of, uh, just 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 throwing up out his ass for six days, total dehydrated, bleeding out his, out of his ass for $7,000. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I would do that for $7,000. There, no, there's no way in hell I would do that for $7,000. I don't know what my price would be. $100,000 for six days of hell? Maybe. I think $100,000. If somebody said $100,000, we're going to affect you. You're going to get good care, but it's going to be rough. I might do it for $100,000, but $7,000, not a chance in hell, not a chance in hell. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly was doing a podcast yesterday, and he's saying that he is going to come out with a new hip-hop album, so cue the uh, a critics, cue Eminem, to slam this bullshit. He's saying he's just doing it for himself, and they also went into this thing about him and Megan Fox uh, drinking each other's blood, but first, uh, let's play this little clip of him saying uh, that he's going to be doing releasing a new hip-hop album. Here we go. Too early to ask you, like, where do you want to take things? You know, because there's, you know, I, I mean, I remember mod being here last summer and and us just talking oh i think kel's gonna go more into the rap thing or and then you talk to somebody else i think he's gonna go more into like the heavy rock thing to ask the man himself like where would you like to go not that anyone's gonna hold you to this answer but i'm just curious yeah. like where are you you're doing look you're covering system on stern like you know you're flirting with that a little bit yeah, for myself i'm gonna make a rap album for myself for no for no other reason no 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 point to prove no chip on my shoulder like oh, okay well i did that now i gotta show them that it's just like 
if I keep doing things to prove things to people, it's I'm going to, one, drive myself crazy, and two, not make a great product. Like, I made tickets and mainstream sellout because I wanted to make them. I need to now also make people miss that sound. And I need to also, cause, because tickets and mainstream sell out our companion albums, I don't think making a third that's so close in, that's in, 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 in come on, spit it out. Audio, like, it, like sonically, making a third album is going to be unexciting unless it's missed. So I'm going to do this tour. And I'm gonna s- step into where I left Hotel Diablo and expound my storytelling as a rapper and find a new innovative sound for the hip hop Machine Gun Kelly. Okay, enough of that. That is painful to listen to. Uh, so anyways, Machine Gun Kelly saying he's going to come out with another hip hop album, uh, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? I was, I was reading through this and what I found was interesting. Uh, and it's right here in a new interview with Glamour UK, the night teeth actress clarified while they weren't exactly as vampiric as people think, because this is all, uh, talking about the whole thing where there's this article out there that Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, they exchange blood. They drink each other's blood, like some weird shit like that. Um, and they said that uh, 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 it, it was just indulging in a few drops. She admitted that Machine Gun Kelly is always willing to take shards of broken glass to the chest to prove his love. I, what a fucking moron, man. Taking shards of glass to your chest to prove your love, drinking each other's blood, a couple drops of blood, blood, blood covenant type thing. I don't... I, I don't know. He's a weirdo. Listening to him talk in that podcast, man, it's just like, come on, dude, get get a thought together. You sound like me doing this fucking podcast. It's like, dude, it's pitiful, pitiful, pitiful. Uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady spoke out about his uh, return to the NFL and why the the quick retirement and then the quick unretirement. And what he had to say about that was basically the NFL timeline. Uh, he was quoted as saying, "This I really wanted to make sure this offseason." And I had told the team that I really needed to spend time with my family if I'm going to come back and play and make this commitment to this team. Tom Brady says, I love the players. There's no way in the world I'd be coming back to play with the guys that I didn't care deeply about. Eventually, I had to make a decision just because they were getting into free agency. Tom Brady says, would I have preferred to wait in to wait in the end to make sure I was really sure? Yeah, I would have preferred that, but that wasn't the way the NFL calendar works. So I spoke to Jason right before free agency, and I spoke to Bruce. I'm assuming those are his agents. And they're like, as much as we'd love to give you more time to make this decision, we don't have the time. So Tom Brady is claiming that it was a timeline, and he had to give him an answer before the free agency uh, you know, season, the free agency session, whatever you want to call it, started. And that's why Tom Brady came back and he says, okay, okay, I'm unretiring. I'm coming back in to do this again. So Tom Brady is going to attempt. He's, he's in it for one more season and he's going to attempt to get that eighth Super Bowl ring. Uh, you know, I really don't care about Tom Brady, but you know, a lot of people do. 
Uh, gas tax in California is probably going up again. And I saw a lot of people debating this saying, well, yeah, but it's got to be, it's got to be. No, it's automatically going to go in unless somebody stops it by Sunday. And hold on. I don't want to listen to this. Stop, 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 stop. Where are you coming from? Anyways, uh, California lawmakers appear unlikely to pause the annual summer increase in the state's gasoline tax ahead of May 1st deadline. Um, and what we're looking at right here, I had it highlighted. It disappeared. Okay. But what we're looking at right here is a 5.6% tax hike scheduled to take effect on July 1st. The tax is used to fund roads and other infrastructure projects. The state's legislative analysis office projected the tax will generate about $8.8 billion in revenue during the 2021-22 physical year. Um, so if they're going to stop this, it doesn't look like they are because it says lawmakers will almost certainly fail to stop the gas tax increase from taking place because they would need to pass legislation by Sunday in order to do so and have yet to introduce a bill on that matter. So it looks like for California, it looks like we're getting a 5.6% tax hike. Yay! On gasoline, send it up another 5.6%, round it up to 6%. Why not? What does it matter? We're getting fucked every time we drive anywhere anyways. I'm telling you what, these gas prices are ridiculously, and I it is taking a toll on my ass driving about 120 miles a day, five days a week. It is just absurd, the amount of money that I'm spending on gas. I saw some guy filling up a car the other day, and it was 15 gallons, which is your typical Toyota Camry. Chrysler 200, those type of just kind of midsize, just normal cars. And it's like 96 bucks to fill these cars up in California. And that's going to go up 5.6%. So what is it? Is that going to push it up to 96? Yeah, that'll push it up to uh, over a hundred bucks to fill up your uh, Honda Accord. How is that? Jeez, man, that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Uh, Demi Lovato is in the news. She's changing her pronouns once again. Uh, Demi Lovato has updated her pr their pronouns to they, them, she, her. Uh, Demi Lovato has always been open and honest about their, her, their. See, just even reading this shit with these pronouns is ridiculous because it doesn't make grammatical sense. Look, look at this. Demi Lovato. Here, let me just highlight this one line that I'm talking about. Demi Lovato has always been open and honest about their gender identity fluidity the singer recently updated their pronouns according to demi's instagram demi who is non-binary switched to they them pronouns in may of 2021 demi appears to have updated their pronouns on instagram in april 2022 to inform fans that they now use the they them she her pronouns so if, if you know her up, pronouns are updated to she, her, why can't you just throw she in here? D, like up, up on this line right here, Demi Lovato, who has always been open and honest about her gender identity. You could have used her. She's okay with it. She's moved on to they, them, she, her pronouns. Just what a clusterfuck. Demi Lovato. Uh, yeah. She was so much cooler when she was all cracked out on drugs. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, Travis Barker. Okay. So what do you do? What do you do? If you were, you want to propose to someone and you want to be old fashioned, you want to be traditional and you want to get the parents permission, but the father is dead. As we all know, the father of the Kardashians was, uh, what's, what was his name? Um, um, Robert Kardashian senior. He died back in 2003. 
Well, Travis Barker took it into his own hands. And um, I have a problem with this because we can't, we can't guarantee the consent of Courtney Kardashian's father because he's dead. He's freaking dead. Well, Travis Barker trying to be the good person or complete nut job. And this is, this is Chris Jenner uh, commenting right here. And she says he came over and asked for her hand in marriage. And I was like, literally, I want to cry now. The matriarch told her daughter, it was so sweet and so tender. And then he said, he went to your dad's grave and asked your dad. And I just lost it. It's all happy. Jenner said, holding back tears. I wish that your dad was here to see it. I can hardly believe that it's the first time that she's getting married. Isn't that cute? So Travis Barker allegedly, according to him, went to the grave of uh, of um, Robert Kardashian Sr. and asked for the ham hand of Courtney in marriage. Uh, it's just just bizarre to me. I mean, okay, if you want to go through that, you want to go through this whatever ritual. At least you're not drinking her blood or eating her out on her period or whatever fucking machine gun Kelly's doing. Um, I guess different strokes for different folks. But I still complain that we cannot confirm that Robert Kardashian consented to this marriage. Like, what's, was he looking for a sign? Did a bird fly by? Was there a dove release? Was there some type of a sign that made you think that Robert from the afterlife was condoning this? It is not clear. It is not clear, nor will it ever be clear. Uh, one other thing is in the transportation, just uh, San Francisco, just like L.A., on public transportation, they lifted the ban for face mask um, earlier this month, and they said that it was no longer requiring mask on trains and buses and taxis, but they have reversed that, and San Francisco's BART reinstates the mask mandate. The San Francisco Bay Area's largest transit system will now require masks until at least July 18th, according to the San Francisco Gate. Uh, so the masks are coming back in San Francisco just like they have in L.A. The move comes after a federal judge in Florida earlier this month struck down the mask mandate on planes, trains, and other forms of public transportation. But they said, nope, in San Francisco, we're going to keep that intact. And that's where we sit on the news today. Uh, once again, this is Jake with Radio Underland News. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and do us a favor and comment on whatever platform you're listening to the show. And that will be it for today. I hope you guys have a good one. Should I play us out with some music? Maybe we, should, maybe we could finish that Portugal the Man song we were listening to. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, uh. I don't know who that is, but we'll just let it play us out. I guess I should give him credit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this song. It's Main Skin. Begging is the song. Anyways, it's Jake with the Radio Underland. I'll talk to you later. Why the bottom? Why the basement? Why we got good? She don't embrace it. Why the feel for the need to replace me? You're the wrong way, trying to run again. I went up in the beach and tell where we could be at. Like a heart in the best way, shit. You can give it away, you'll have, and you tend to pay. But I keep walking on, keep moving the dog, keep open for that the dog is yours. Keep also home, cause I don't want to live in a broken home, girl. I'm begging. Yeah, yeah, I'm begging, begging you to put your love in the hand now, baby. I'm begging, begging you to put your love in the hand now, darling. I'm finding hard to hold my own. Just can't make it all 